This is a summary on the second sicha of Parshas Nasei in Likutei Sichais, Chelek Yud Beis. This talk is taken for the Rebbe in Tavshin Chafei, 1965, the year that the Rebbe's mother, Rebbe Tzinchana, passed away, and the Rebbe began expounding and teaching a new path in learning Rashi, the foremost commentator on the Chumash in Jewish history. On the Chumash, he was born in the year 11, 1040, passed away in the year 1105, Rashi, Yitzchaki. And the way that Rebbe began this project of, of total loyalty to the approach of Rashi, of Pshutish Amikra, of simplicity of the text, was by expounding and explaining the first and last Rashi of every Parsha. So this talk is taken from a talk from that year where the Rebbe explained the last Rashi and the last Pasuk of this week's Torah portion of Parshas Nasi. <clears throat> and the Pasuk reads as follows. It says, <speaking in Hebrew> When Moshe would come to the tent of meeting, referring to the tabernacle, for God to speak to him, <speaking in Hebrew> He heard the voice speaking to him. As it was speaking to him, as it would speak to him, midaber is an interesting word. There's a Rashi on it as well. Why is it spelled that way, midaber? But essentially it means him speaking to him. From the cover on top of the Ark of Testimony, from between the two cherubs, and he spoke to him. And Rashi says, what is these last two words, vayidaber, they love? He spoke to him, Rashi says, and he reminds us really of something that he commented in the beginning of the book of Ayikra, where Rashi had said that the truth is Hashem only ever spoke to Moshe in terms of the prophecies, in terms of the teachings in the Torah. Even though there are times where it seems to say that God spoke to Aharon, some commandments were given to Aharon, and some commandments seem to be given to Moshe and Aaron together. God spoke to Moshe and Aaron saying, Truth is, Rashi comments in the beginning of the book of Vayikra that no, all teachings were taught exclusively to Moshe. He was the only teacher of the Torah. When it says that Hashem spoke to Aaron, what it really meant is he spoke to Moshe and to, that Moshe should teach Aaron. And that was an honor to Aaron, as if, as if Hashem was speaking to Aaron. Hashem wanted to give Aaron an honor in a number of places. In fact, Rashi explains in Vayikra, 13 times in the Torah it says Hashem spoke to Aaron. And corresponding to that, there are 13 places in the Torah where Hashem added words to say that Hashem spoke to Moshe, superfluous words that Hashem spoke to Moshe, in order to teach, to cancel out the other 13, that one should not think that he actually spoke to Aaron, rather he spoke to Moshe. And this over here is one of those 13 examples that he gives over there. And he reminds us of that right over here. In our Pasuk, that the words of the Pasuk, it says, Moshe went into the tabernacle that Hashem should speak to him. And he heard the voice, Midabra Elof, speaking to him. Why do you have to add the words in the end? Vayidabra Elof, and he would speak to him. So Vayidabra Elof, Rashi says, Lema'it es Aharon min ha-dibreis. This is coming to exclude Aharon from the Dibreis that Hashem did not speak to Aharon. Now this would be very nice. But then Rashi has a comment on an earlier part in the verse. And of course, that's difficult because it's out of order. And it's, the, Rebbe, the Rebbe brilliantly explains how one Rashi is dependent on the other. And essentially what it is, 
I'm going to say the concept and then the Rashi will just read and will be self-explanatory and explained what's going on. So the Rashi, on, the, on the, the question is that it says many times that Moshe and Aaron went into the tabernacle to hear Hashem. Or they went in and then Moshe heard Hashem. And the question is, why is it that Moshe heard and Aaron didn't? If they were in the tabernacle, why didn't Aaron hear? Now, the fact that the rest of the Jewish people didn't hear, we already have Rashi explained to us right in the beginning of the book of Ayikra how Hashem stopped the voice, that it shouldn't go out of the boundaries, out of the walls of the tabernacle. It stopped at the walls of the tabernacle. But the question is, if Aaron was found in the tabernacle with Moshe, why didn't he hear? And I could have explained that the Pasuk, that this Pasuk actually answers that question. Because it actually says interesting words. If you look closely in the Pasuk, it says, when Moshe would come into the oil Mayit for Hashem to speak to him, and he heard the voice speaking to him. Why didn't it say, and Hashem spoke to him? What do you have to say? He heard the voice. It implies that there's some kind of novelty that Moshe was able to hear. And in fact, we find such a concept in Tanakh. You find, for example, Shmuel Hanavi, when he heard Hashem's voice, Hashem spoke to him in a very faint and quiet voice because Hashem didn't want to scare him. And he wasn't even sure what he was hearing as this is, this is referring to his very first prophecy to bring him into the concept. So we hear as well, it could have one could have argued that Hashem's voice was very faint and was very subtle. And Moshe in particular was the one who was able to hear it. He had this fine antenna, antenna that he was able to hear it. And in fact, on the simple level of the text, we find that Moshe was a superior human being. We find such characters in the Torah whose their physical bodies were superior. We find by Yaakov, he was there with a massive rock that all the shepherds needed to get together to push off. It says Yaakov was able to flip it off like the cover of a wine bottle. Moshe, we find similarly the way he was able to handle when he saved the daughters of Yisrael when he was in Midian. He was able to overcome everyone else and expel everyone all by himself. So we see how he had these superior qualities to him. So it could be very well that his hearing was superior, his faculties were superior, and he was able to hear the subtle voice of God Almighty when he was in the temple, and that is why Aaron did not hear it. That's what I could have thought. Rashi, after, so now, after Rashi just taught us that Aaron indeed did not hear it, now Rashi has to go back to, cl- to clarify that do not learn the way we just said. That when it says that Moshe heard the voice, it doesn't, it's not trying to teach you that he heard it because of his ability of hearing. Like Yishma Esak. Rather, what the Pasuk and, and Rashi says, how do I know not? Because it says in the Hebrew, the voice. It could have said in the Hebrew, you don't have to say the letter, hey, the voice. You could imply it. The fact that you say the voice implies that this is a voice that we're familiar with. And what voice are we familiar with? When it spoke about the voice of God, that's the voice that Hashem spoke to the entire nation of Israel. Mass revelation, the only um, the only nation on, in the world to have Hashem, God Almighty, reveal himself to the entire nation and speak to all of them in unison. There's not one prophet. We were all heard the voice of Hashem. So that's the voice that it's referring to, the voice, the voice that they heard at Mount Sinai. That's how booming and how unbelievably loud and great and awesome was the voice of Hashem. 
And therefore, Rashi says, being that that's what it implies when it says es hakil, it's the voice of Hashem, the voice that was from Matan Taira, as loud as the voice of Matan Taira, then we have to retranslate the word by Yishma Es Hakel. And when it says he heard the voice, it's not coming to imply that he heard because he had a greater sense of hearing. Rather, it's trying to emphasize that only he heard it, that it's trying, indeed, this is similar to the end of the verse. It's trying to emphasize that Aaron did not hear it. In other words, Hashem made a miracle that even though Aaron was in the building, Hashem's voice was booming loud, as loud as by the giving of the Torah. Yet Moshe heard it, and yet Aaron did not heard it, an unbelievable thing. But then the question is, why did Moshe Rabbeinu have to go into the tent of meeting, into the tabernacle to hear the voice of Hashem? If it's so loud, he could be anywhere and he could hear the voice of Hashem. So Rashi says that Hashem made another thing, that the voice should stop. When it hit the walls of the temple, it was like, it stopped it completely, and it completely ended the voice of Hashem. But then the question arises, according to Hasidus, according to the deeper level within Rashi even, why would Hashem do that? Why would Hashem do that? If indeed it's the case that Hashem is already making a miracle, that Aaron shouldn't hear it, there could be this booming loud noise and sound, the voice of Hashem, but yet only Moshe heard it and Aaron didn't. For the same price, it could have exited the walls of the tabernacle and Moshe would hear it and no one else would hear it. Why was there the concept of entering into the tabernacle? And the explanation is because Hashem didn't want to turn the whole world into the temple. And that goes against the concept of the world, Hashem, and the purpose of creation. Hashem is not trying to turn the whole world into a sanctuary um, in the same way that the temple is. What does Hashem want? Hashem wants us, through our personal service, us to go about making the world a dwelling place for Hashem. In other words, we're supposed to make Hashem feel at home in the lowliness of the world. We're not supposed to take the world and destroy the world and make the only thing that there is is a shoal. The only thing there is is a temple. And then just take the whole world and, and basically get rid of the world and, and turn the whole world into a temple. That's a Jew's mission. No, no, no. That's what the Tata here is trying to tell you. That no, the voice ends there. And now the Jewish mission is that to take the world and in its state of being, to make that world itself a place which is hospitable for Hashem, for the revelation of godliness. And this is the power of a Jew that he can transform the world and the world remains the world. But yet it's a world which is sensitive and aware and runs itself by the laws of Taita and by the way of Taita which is a very important and powerful perspective of how a Jew is supposed to be living his life and transforming his portion of the world and making it a home for Hashem.